Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Okay, so we're here with our moms today, and today's my mom, Betsy, and by me I mean Brooke, in case you haven't figured out whose voice belongs to whom. So mom, feel free to introduce yourself and tell us about how you met dad and all that good stuff. Well, it's great to be here with you, Brooke, my daughter. Um, Dad can probably tell the story a whole lot better about how we met, but we did meet at Baylor in the cafeteria, sick and bears. (laughs) Um, He'll tell you he liked the way I looked in my yellow dress, um, but I think he looked pretty good in his jeans, and that's probably how it all started. Sounds really romantic, and supposedly Mm -hmm. you still have a carving in a wall somewhere? Oh, we do. We stood outside the dorm for many hours while I carved our initials in. 36 years later, it's still there. Nothing spells love like vandalism, right? (laughs) Well, if you have to use that word. (laughs) Sorry about that. All right, so we have concluded our episodes about the 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth. So, again, we brought our moms in to talk about how they raised us and having a growth mindset, doing that not only as moms, but instilling values into their own kiddos. So, obviously, it's me and my brother, Mm -hmm. and we're one year apart. Yes. Um, 16 months, if that's important. It's very important. (laughs) Very important. So, yeah, we're just going to dive right in. Feel free to uh, talk about Blake versus me, or me versus Blake, and how it's, we're the same, or different, or, because I feel like... We're similar in a lot of ways. You are, and different in a lot of ways. Yes, which is Mm -hmm. really interesting, especially being 16 months apart and both having... Mm -hmm. You have a lot of your dad's qualities. All the good ones, right? All the good ones, (laughs) yes. Right, and I'm sure Blake has all of If there's anything bad, it was from me. Okay, you heard it first, guys. All right, so chapter one, that's the law of intentionality. So, again, thinking back to babies, toddlers, kids those lovely preteen years mm-hmm. those were special into, years with you into high school into college into as we're adults now so you can hit any of those life stages touch them all or talk about some in particular but what did you guys do specifically to be intentional about how we grew as people that's a really good question Brooke And it's something, I guess, I don't know that you think about it when you're raising children, but I would stop there and say, think about it when you're raising your children. Um, We did a lot of talking as a family, spent a lot of time um, talking things through, hashing things out, time around the table, um, talking about what happened, what might have gone wrong, what could have made your day better, um, why didn't that work out so well for you. Um, Lots of talking. So, like, sorry to cut you off. No, that's good. So, like, day-to-day kind of thing, or did you wait for a big moment, or? Well, when they're day-to-day conversations. We spent a lot of time in the car. It seems like back and forth between whatever it was, work, school, practice, uh, a lot of time in the car, and um, we sat at meals and talked. When y'all were littler, we sat at lunch together. I was off in the summer, off holidays, um, so we, we talked a lot. Um, if it was specific, you know, as toddlers, you don't think about being intentional other than things like, 
Be you know, we want to, yeah, pick up the toys. We want the house to be clean. We want to be able to walk through the house. Um, we want company to feel welcome. Um, you know, pick up after yourself as little kids. Help each other. Share. Mm-hmm. You just talk about that all the time. Um, and when there is a problem, and I've seen you do it with your kids, which you are wonderful. Please say it's good. Please say it's Yes, good. it's wonderful. You oh, sit down and you. you talk them through. <laughs> you know, something you do with your kids that I did not do with y'all as much is... What are you feeling right now? Um, you know, tell me what you're feeling. And you've taught them the words to use when they're sad or upset. And I don't remember teaching you that stuff. I'm sure I did. Yeah, of course you did because that's <laughs> how I knew to do it, right? I'm sure I modeled all that <laughs> right. you're doing well. Uh, so side note, in case you didn't know what that routine is, so if our one of our kids is whining or upset or whatever, and we send them to the corner or the stairs or wherever is convenient. Usually there's always a corner somewhere, so we'll just say go to the corner, and they go there, and then we have them come back and talk. And I just ask them, what are you feeling? And we try to give them words like sad, mad, frustrated, tired, exhausted, hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so after they, so what are you feeling? I'm feeling this way. Why are you feeling that way? I'm feeling this way because that. And usually... It's if they are whiny or upset, they're sad because they miss Gigi or because they miss whomever. Or it's really because they're hungry and need a nap and we all feel better after we eat and sleep. That's a big thing in our family. We all feel better after we eat <laughs> and sleep. But, um, but you've taught them what those words mean. Like when they say I'm sad, you've talked about what that feels like so they know sad is the correct word to use and also word party has taught them oh, okay. that, so. word party is <laughs> Netflix. good okay you know that's something we didn't have did not have and when y'all were growing up we i did not have all the distractions that moms have today and by distractions i probably mean things like pinterest and facebook mm-hmm. and um things that take your attention away from the kids you mean life enhancers yes okay life enhancers <laughs> well said um so when I was with y'all, I was with y'all. And I think um, being present, I mean, you hear that all the time, but it's the truth. Um, when you're with your kids, observe them. You know, we, I, you, I could read your faces. I could tell, what, you know, if there was something wrong. Or, mm-hmm. And even now, um, I feel like, you know, you have that, I have that ability to see when something's wrong. So we talk about it or I ask right. or, or I keep my distance. You know, sometimes... Um, when your kid's upset, they just need some time alone. And if you're not present, you paying attention that. to what your kids do and how they respond, then you're not going to know how to respond to them in kind or, you know, yeah. in a supportive so. way. Um, when you talk about being intentional, um, and I don't know if it's things that we'll talk about later, but when you committed to something, we made sure you followed through. And we talked about, you like have that. to follow through. Um whether it was a project at school, a project with friends, um, or athletics. Um, Don't be that guy that doesn't do any of the work right, and shows up on presentation Right, day. nobody's going to like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with, with sports, you know, you've committed to this, so you're going to go to practice tonight. Um, you committed to this um, Odyssey of the Mind team, so you're going to be there and you're going to do your part. Right. Um, so a lot of talking. We talked a lot about what's the right thing, what's the good thing, what should it look like at whatever age you were. Yeah, so even at a young age, you helped develop our moral compass on we want to pick up after ourselves so that way people feel welcome. Mm-hmm. So there's a bigger purpose between, or from yes. picking a pencil up or picking toys up, there's a bigger purpose than just being clean. It's yes. so that people 
when they come over, they feel comfortable. And, and you not. said that much better than I. And, it, and I'm not even sure. I knew that's what we were doing all the time. I just knew what made me feel comfortable um, when that's people good. came over. Yeah. And so I felt like they would be more comfortable if I had snacks available for whether it was your friends or my friends um, in a, a, a picked-up house. Um, and part of picking up is just the routine. So keeping, you know, that environment um, comfortable and not just for you, but for thinking about how others feel comfortable. I think we tried to talk to y'all about how the other person feels and how did that make them feel when you snatched that toy or when you, you know, didn't invite them. Yeah, putting a face to it. Mm -hmm. So we're picking, we're cleaning up. Sorry, I keep going back to that. Cleaning up because of when people come over, these people Mm -hmm. that we love and care about. When I took this kid's toy, how do you think that made the other kid feel? Not you having the toy but let's think about the other people yes. and I, I i hope and i think that's what we spent a lot of time doing well i turned out great so you did both like... you and your brother are pretty awesome <laughs> such you know great parents oh yeah <laughs> glory to y'all <laughs> oh my gosh i'm just kidding glory to god uh... <laughs> well there you said it <laughs> lots of prayer went into all of it yes. always well and i think being intentional with that as well like specifically we pray for our kids the three s's we got that from our uh, campus pastor mm-hmm. nick edwards he says prays for salvation sanctification and spouses okay he prays that yeah. consistently with for with his kids and for them so their salvation that they're saved their sanctification so that's the process of being more like jesus here and then the spouse because that's who you're gonna yeah it's spend important the rest of your life with and on earth so those are are awesome things in the priority and I would add to that the friends that they will be hanging around in the future yes but most definitely um I read something recently that said um God should hear about your kids every single day Ooh. and I loved that and even with adult kids yes. you know God needs to hear from me about what I'm hoping and dreaming and praying for my adult kids and I think that's a lot of it when my kids are young I had so many hopes and dreams for them um and so we talked about those things and maybe not in those terms but what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What, you know, what would be good? What we were, you know. I was thinking like, I hope and dream they sleep through the night. But you were thinking bigger scale. <laughs> hey, you know what, y'all? Um, I don't remember. Y'all joke with me all the time about how I don't remember the bad stuff. And that is probably true. I only remember You've the good stuff. <laughs> I mostly remember good stuff. And I, I remember being exhausted. But certainly, y'all slept as good as any other kids, well, you in, know. In a big scheme of thing, exhausted. I'd rather be exhausted and there be better people in the world than... And it's like my mama molested. always said, this is just a season. This too shall pass. My mom would always tell me that when I was frustrated or tired. This mm-hmm. too will pass. And that's you're not going to get those moments back. So... That's um, true. Yeah. You know, they, you don't, you know they're not always going to want to crawl in your bed at night. Right. That's, that's probably true. not good advice. I'll but... accept the extra cuddles anytime. <laughs> yes. That's how I feel. Yes. Cuddle away. That's right. Um, all right. So chapter two is the law of awareness. So again, just self-awareness or even uh, just with the lens of how did you make us aware of ourselves or how did you learn about us and help us in different situations. So um, how did you learn our personalities, and how did you use that to leverage our individual growth? That's a lot. <laughs> so let's start with how did you learn our personalities? That's a lot. And there, that's where you and Blake probably had a lot of differences right? Um, in your personalities and, and what you needed. And there again, you've got to be present. You have got to be with your kids when they're around, listening to what they say, watching how they respond to people and to you. Um, and in that self-awareness, you've got to be aware of 
yourself when I'm angry, when I'm tired. Yes. Because as a parent, um, when you're angry and tired, you don't need to be, you know, dealing with um, your children uh, in a, you know, in a deep, meaningful moment trying to teach them something. You need to get yourself in a place where you can offer them sound wisdom and sound advice. Right. Um, like if you're quick-tempered, mm-hmm. then it would be... You need to go stay in yourself in the corner yes. for a little bit. <laughs> Mommy needs a timeout. I'll be right back, everybody. And you know, that's okay. Um, because how you act and how you respond, especially if when they're older and maybe they're telling you something that happened at school, whether they're in trouble or maybe they realize yes. they did something. Um, if you cannot respond... Uh, as an aunt once told us, just with that stone face, then maybe you do need to walk away. Because however you react to those initial, um, the, you know, whatever they're telling you, um, confessions, I guess was the word yes. I'm looking for, um, that's what they're going to remember. And it's hard to backtrack from those first words or that facial expression. Ooh, I like that. So you, can, you can't backtrack. You can't take it back, no. Uh, Jamie Ivey talks about um, no shame, no blame. So she has set it up to where if her kids come to her with something, there's no shame, no blame. I would rather you tell me, and I'm not going to point the finger or anything, but we're going to talk through it. I always want you to feel like this is a safe place that you can talk Mm -hmm. about. I love that. Or ask questions. And another thing that I've learned is if you don't give your kids information, they're going to find out the information. Right. So you want (laughs) them to get bad or wrong or skewed information, or do you want to give them the information wrapped up in a bow or your dad was much better about that than I was he made sure y'all had all the information um but I love that um they you want and you've got to start that when they're young um that them coming to you with their concerns their problems their questions so what is a practical way someone could do that right now at what age or like any, any yeah, age, any age. Um, I hear twins you know, are pretty rough. So. Yeah. Well, a lot of times um, a kid, will, your younger ones will talk to you about something one of the other kids did at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was cutting someone's hair or, you know, oh, they can talk about what the friends did in class. You know, when once your kids are in school, that is the best time to talk them through um, situations because those other kids out there are doing terrible things. <laughs> right, truly not our so, kids. They would um, never. You know, but your kids will come home and tell you about it, and that's when you can talk about um, their response to that and how other kids would feel if you did that to them. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the other big thing about is being aware of, and this is more so later maybe, being aware of who their friends are. Well, even when they're younger, if they come home talking about a certain kid in a good way or a bad way, then you probably want to get to know that kid's parents or at least find out more about that situation. Um, It's so important to know who your kids are talking to um, and who they're hanging out with, especially if they're older. And I guess talking about being intentional, we made sure our home was open um, to you guys and to your friends and that you were comfortable bringing them, even when they were younger. Right. Um, that you were comfortable bringing them to our house. I think that was one of the wisest things you ever did for us because that way you it was under your roof. You knew that your kids were going to play by the rules and you know you knew that we were going to make sure our friends played by the rules. Yeah. Otherwise we couldn't we couldn't hang out. Yeah. And if you came over you could have unlimited cokes or cookies or whatever. So And it's amazing what you can learn about the other kids' um, families 
and life. Um, I didn't even think about that. It, just the way How they, they were. Mm-hmm. I remember um, one of our first D-Now groups that came over, and the young man who made sure our trash was taken out every time it got full. And I remember thinking, that young man was raised right, you know, and he didn't have a father. Um, he was raised, his father passed away when he was young, and his mother raised him. Um, but you, you know, alone, so she taught him well, and you could tell so much about um, kids. And on that note, think about how your kids act when they go to someone else's house, because yes. those parents are thinking the same thing. You know, this kid was raised well. This kid mm-hmm. has been taught some manners. Um, and we did talk to our kids all the time about when you are out there, you reflect your family, you reflect us. And I don't know if that was too much pressure to put on y'all, but it was important. Well, I, I think it was good. And also both of you guys were principals. So there was a lot riding on our last name. So mm-hmm. if an Adams kid got in trouble, then it was not good for the district because y'all were heavily involved in a lot of places and. Me and my brother were involved in a lot of things, Mm -hmm. so if one of us got in trouble, it was not good. Which very rarely happened. Um, I can only think of one one time for me, two times for Blake. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) You know, that's probably all I can think about, actually. Um, But, you know, and you say that, and yes, we um, did know a lot of people in the district. And yes, we wanted our kids to uh, reflect us well. But just more importantly, um, you reflect your family your whole life, and we're retired, so it doesn't really matter now. But you can say you whatever guys, you want. That's right, but you guys are still out there reflecting Keith and Betsy Adams. Um, you're still out there reflecting your grandparents and how how you've been raised through generations. So that's what's mm-hmm. that we wanted you guys to go out in public and be kind, so and represent well. <laughs> yeah, and so to kind of dovetail the awareness, so personality wise, so taking that into consideration with all the parenting tactics. How did you help us figure out our strengths and weaknesses? So thinking on going into college or going into the workforce, or I remember sitting down trying to write a resume when I was in ninth grade because that was one of our projects mm-hmm. we had to do. And So how how do you go about helping people in general or your, your own little people? How, how do you identify your strengths and weaknesses? You know, I think... Um it probably drove your brother crazy. Um, but even when y'all were younger, um, in just the encouragement, encouraging you guys when you did something well or right, you did the right thing or you did something well, there was like, you know, I'm really proud of you. Look what you've accomplished. And a lot of times it was followed up with, go tell so-and-so what you just did. Just I like pot, just like potty training, like the other day, I think you you called us. Yes, um, I wasn't potty training my daughter. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. I am potty trained. But when something like that big happens, or something that you want to see happen again, share it. Go call grandma. Go call grandpa. Go tell your brother, um, and then teaching the brother to respond yes. well um, and be proud of sister, proud of yes. Um, the you know, as a family. We, I think we raised you guys to, you know, to have each other's back. Mm-hmm. Basically, if your if your family doesn't have your back, you, you know, man, what do you got? <laughs> Jesus. So yes, um, but definitely when something is done well or when there's a strength, is encouraging that specifically, what you did specifically well, and then sharing that, right. and that just goes on as you get older. Right. Um, I think it's it's maybe not as cutesy. You know, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> right. 
Um, so. All right. So chapter three, the law of the mirror. So again, that's seeing value in yourself in order to grow. So how did you guys instill self-worth into us? So what did that look like? My question is, how does that look like daily? I remember there's there's a viral video. It's that little girl with curly hair. She's standing oh, yes. Mirror, and she's pep talking herself. She loves mm-hmm. her hair. She loves her house. She loves her friends. She loves her mom. She loves her dad. And she was just pep talking herself up. And it was, I think it's hilarious. It it's really awesome. Cute and we need more. Well, self talk is very important, actually. Um, and that's what she was doing in that. Just um, the self talk of, I got this. I'm okay. And I think, number one, I think we raised you guys up to know you were a child of the king. Right. God loved you. And um, we loved you. And I feel like um, we tried to let you know we loved you unconditionally, that you were ours no matter there's nothing you can do that would be so bad we wouldn't love you anymore. Right. And I think you have to speak those words. Yes. Um, yeah. And we then you have to model that, yes. you know, um, which, mm-hmm, and which means apologizing when you lose your cool yep. um, as a parent and um, taking time when you need it before you respond to the kids like we've talked about. Um, but I think, I mean, I'm usually a pretty positive person and probably to the extent of driving y'all crazy, I praised I praised, I praised, I praised. Well, I think that's good because then whenever, by the time we got to an age where kids would filter. say something back or kids would, you know, take a jab at you, we had all that truth to fall back on. Like, oh, you're ugly. No, I'm not because I am wonderfully made and my parents love me and da da And I could just rattle off those truths. And so. I like the way you say it, the truths. I mean, I didn't praise lies. <laughs> But it, it was truth, and it just builds the confidence. Right. It built, gave y'all confidence. Right. Um, and as parents, um, we had to be confident in what we were doing. If there was any doubt, we talked about that behind closed doors. Um, we couldn't let, we did not let y'all see us doubt. We always let you see us as a team. What um, do you mean doubt? Um, doubt our decision or the words we said to you. Okay, gotcha. L- sorry. Um, like, I shouldn't have said that. Let mm-hmm. me talk to Keith real quick. Yeah, we usually, we we came out confident in our parenting. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I think that gave y'all confidence. Hey, they know what they're doing, so this must be okay, or I must be okay. And I know it sounds cheesy, but even when you're like, Brooke, that was really good. Your daughter is this, this, this. Yes, someone is seeing something good in my kid. Hooray. Yes, we all still like that. If you don't like encouragements, you are lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. And encouragements, um, it was speaking truth into you. Um, speaking prophecy into you, speaking blessings into you, um, speaking a future to you. So what does that look like? Um, what is what's what are some examples of that? Speaking life into someone. Probably with with soccer with you. Um, you loved the sport early on, but we did encourage the hard work, the practice. You've got this. Do it a few more times. You know, here's a new skill. Keep practicing it. You can do this. You've got this. You can you can play soccer the rest of your life. You can. You know, you could have a scholarship. Um, just say those things. Um, and those ideas get implanted into your child's head. Right. Um, it sounds cheesy, but before you can believe, you must achieve. Well, it's true. So if you can't visualize yourself doing it, then right. how, That's do you, right. how are you going to get there? And with, you know, with, any, with you and Blake both, um, we made sure y'all had opportunities, um, which also gave you confidence, probably. Um, we made sure there were private lessons um, for what we could afford 
in in sports or in music or whatever it was so that you had confidence right and as as dumb as it sounds as little kids or middle school um we did try to do things as um like helping you dress with confidence or if there was something that was really cool out there if if we could make it work without um making it an idol we would try to do that just because that little bit of fitting in gave you confidence and in middle school, when you're little, you need that. Oh, middle school's rough yes, for everybody. middle school is rough. Wow. Um, chapter four is the law of reflection. So learning to pause allows growth to catch up with you. So how, so talk about the importance of reflection, even now as an adult. But yeah. what about, again, all the life phases? I mean, I, I, to me, reflection is huge. Um, it has been throughout my career. Um, and raising kids. Um, when something goes wrong, if you're not thinking about why it went wrong or how it could have gotten been better, then you're not going to improve or be successful. Um, with kids, um, when they mess up, you've got to think about how did I let them get in that situation as a parent um, and not prepare them for that situation? And at the same time, hey, you know this, this, and this. What should your decision have been? Um, there's a lot, reflection with kids, um, means a lot of talking, a whole lot of talking. Um, but it also means quiet time. You, you can't reflect when, um, there's a lot of commotion going on or your life is so busy, uh, that, you know, that you don't have time to sit and think about what happened. Why did that happen? That wasn't good. This Mm -hmm. could have been better. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you don't maintain reflecting, then you end up being that person that's, how did we get here? Because mm-hmm. it spirals out of control. Yes, how did we get to this point? How is my kid just off the handles crazy? Mm-hmm. How, did, how did this happen? Right. That's right. I, again, a lot of talking, but reflection takes thinking. And when you're raising kids, you have to do that thinking out loud. Um, there's that metacognition term that we use in education all the time, but you've got to teach them how to think and how to think through things. And... The best way to do that is think out loud with them, um, using your own examples or using the situation they are in, whatever that situation is. Right. There's, I, I guess it was love and logic. I can't remember what this person's name is. Someone tell me. But he's, this kid's frustrated. Something's not going right. And he's just, do you want to hear what some other people have tried? Yes, love and, and logic. <laughs> yep. And so then the kid was like, well, yes, please tell me. And it could be, you could give them all the right answers and they can just pick one of them. But I love that. Do you want to hear what, what's worked for other people? I think you've, you've nailed that in the sense that you can't be, you've got to be non-judgmental yes. when you are correcting or reflecting or growing. Um, the, when you start judging, then that starts seeding the wrong ideas a lot yeah, of times. That's true. Yeah, and I don't. Nothing is wrong with asking or thinking about what are what have some other successful people done exactly. in this position. Exactly. If this person was a success, then let me talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to them. Let me try to get in their head, figure it out. I will. You know, I don't know if, if it comes up later, but we did a lot of talking with other parents. You know, when you sit at all those soccer practices and all those baseball practices, I, use the wise counsel of other adults in your life, um, your church friends, your school friends, your uh, neighbors, um, 
use that because someone's been through what you're going through and there's there's wisdom out there to be gained. You don't have to act on it, but you can if it works for your family. Yeah, and why reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. whenever you can draw on knowledge of other people and have a whole arsenal mm-hmm. of stuff to come to the And on that us. note, your mom and dad have a lot of wisdom, so yes, which you is, should listen to them. Which is why <laughs> some moms and dads, we're not going to blanket statement all because not all moms and dads. Uh, True. Know what they're doing. They've had some experiences, My though. My mom and dad, yes. They do. <laughs> uh, you can learn from bad experiences. So something that has been, I guess, so you're in a book study, I'm in a book mm-hmm. study, and the cool part about my book study is it's the daughter, the daughters of your a book study. A lot of ours, study. yes. So there's how many in, y'all call yourselves the flying monkeys, yes, which is pretty I'm not awesome. sure why, but yes, we do. <laughs> so there's how about many fi- flying There's monkeys? 15 of us on, on the list. Um some, of course, sit out here and there when they've got things going on with their family. Yeah, like new babies. Yeah, or... so we've got we've got probably 10 to 12 that are regular. Okay, and so there, I guess there's about six of us. Mm-hmm. So we are the generation younger. And something that was cool that we did, I guess, was it two years yeah, ago? Yeah, it probably was. We maybe. did something called the Mama Panel, and we were all new moms or trying to be new moms um, and we got all of the flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. They flew on over we to your did. house, we actually. We flew. <laughs> and we hosted a panel, and we submitted questions to you guys. There um, was food. Yes. Always have food. <laughs> Always have food. <laughs> it's Texas. That's what you do. That's right. So we had we got to ask scary questions, mm-hmm. and I it was cool because there were so many of y'all that... If you didn't feel comfortable saying it to your daughter's face, someone else's mom was going to do it. And it was just, it was the coolest. It was fun. I feel like we need to do it again. We probably should. I feel like maybe with each life stage, like we're about to enter elementary school. Mm -hmm. Let's have another mama panel. I don't know. So that's something. That was a lot of fun. And I think it helped because then you guys got to think about what worked for you guys Mm -hmm. and you were doing reflecting Mm -hmm. of your own and... I just some of the stuff has stuck in my head. Like, please don't ever tell your kid this, this, or this. I did that, and um, yeah. the, you know, just just different things. So, uh, learning someone else's hard lesson, so I don't have to make those mistakes. Um, so there's that. Yeah, reflection is very powerful mm-hmm. for good or bad. Mm-hmm. All right, law of consistency. This is a big one for Yikes. me. So motivation <laughs> is what gets you going. But it's the discipline that keeps you growing, is what he says. So, consistency with us in raising kids or in your work life or in your marriage or in whatever it is. So, tell me about the law of consistency and how it helps people grow or how it helped us grow. Any of those questions. (laughs) All those questions. I mean, consistency is routine. You know, if it's consistent, it's routine. You're doing it regularly. Um, and you, you you know, you all have heard and know that routine is good for kids. Spontaneity is awesome too. But when it comes to um, getting them ready for the next day or the nighttime routines or the morning routines, um, those are important and need to be consistent for kids and adults. Um, so much of what I'm reading lately is that um, any successful adult has um, daily routines that they do not skip, they do not mm-hmm. um, shorten. They are things they go through every day um, that are daily routines. And I think you build that in your kids when you start that with your children. Even high school kids, you know, they need to know the routine and what's going to happen and what to expect. 
that's another just a confidence builder. Right. If you know what's coming and what to expect, you've got confidence in your life and who mm-hmm. it just it makes you comfortable. Well, maybe is a better word and than confidence. Especially confident. for if you have a child who uh, doesn't like the unexpected. Mm-hmm. So if you can tell them, hey, we're going to go here, there may be people you know, there may not be, you may not know anyone. So in the event you don't know anyone, here's what you could do to maybe, I don't know, talk to someone, make and, some friends. And what you're crazy. doing is is talking. You've got to talk to your kids and talk them through things. The consistency and routine is important, but yes, prepare them for the fact that it's going to not always work out that way. And you know, you have to be okay. I remember recently taking your little precious children to school one day. Oh gosh, and, what happened? Um, you know, I, I may have made the mistake of buying sprinkled donut holes for them Good. on Wednesdays when I pick them up. Wednesdays, and, um, it's every Wednesday. Yeah, like every, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I shouldn't have admitted <laughs> to that. So, you know, they kind of got used to having sprinkled donut holes. And one day they did not have any at the store. And, um, you know, I got plain ones and then some chocolate ones. And I thought, no big deal. Um, but one of your precious little children had a really difficult time not having that regular routine. She was, you know, and it's understandable. It was part of the routine. I've had it every time. It was an expectation. And she had a cute little meltdown and then was fine with what I gave her. Oh my. Um, but you do have to prepare them and you do a great job with that, Brooke, but you do have to prepare them that it's not always going to work out. Um, but routines and consistency, um, build success uh, well and I think uh, I can't remember who said it someone 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 some, important something that I've recently read mm-hmm. it's probably me how, oh yes you <laughs> I will quote you quoting someone okay. oh great <laughs> so the person who said this talked about how sometimes you just need little wins so mm-hmm. even if it's I'm gonna set my alarm at five and I'm gonna get up when it goes off once you do that, you have the automatic win. This is the guy who makes his bed every day. That's what it is. You set yourself up for success. Like, I like wake that. Up, the first thing I'm going to do is make my bed. I'm accomplished. See, this is why you talk it out. Because mm-hmm. then you remember, you remember stuff. Yeah. Reflection. Yeah. You know, I used to hit the snooze button on my alarm and decided this is dumb. I'm going to sleep soundly till it's time to get up, and then I'm getting up. Just like that. And it, yes. I will tell you, it did make a difference. Yes. When it's time to get up, get up. Well, and it messes with <laughs> your REM sleep, too, because uh-huh. then you're not sure what... You, so, just get up. The snooze mm-hmm. is the enemy. It's the little snooze things like that. Enemy. It's the little things like that. The morning begins at 5 o'clock, so get up at 5 o'clock and start your morning. Or, <laughs> or 6 or 7, whenever it is. And all the spouses with multiple alarms, y'all, please fix it. Get up with the first one. If you don't hear anything else today. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the snooze or multiple alarms mm-hmm. run your life. Yes, you're letting something else control you when you do that. <laughs> Because then, you know who else hears your alarm multiple times? Your spouse. Your spouse hears your alarm every time. And it starts their day out really bad. Yeah. So you just have to wake up before all those alarms start happening. That's what I've learned. Ah, Speaking from amazing. someone, I don't know who's experiencing that, but someone needed to hear that information. Okay, the law of the environment. So growth thrives in conducive surroundings. So, again, my question to you is, how did you go about filtering our friends? Because I remember there were some people, like the popular ones, I'm the nerdiest jock or the jockiest nerd, however (laughs) you want to look at that. Uh, So how did you help us choose well? Because I know there were times where, y'all, it was just a hard no. So what, what did you do there? 
That's a good one, Brooks. It seems like so much of it um, came just naturally for us because your dad and I both had amazing parents um, who modeled so much for us that when we started raising you guys, it just came naturally. But with the friends, um, there were places we did not let y'all go um, because, and I, you know, you know, the skating rink on a Friday night, what we did was try to have something else for y'all to do that you enjoyed and have fun so you wouldn't, you know, be thinking about the opportunity you were missing. Right. Um, but there were places we did not let you go to. There were parties we did not let you go to. Sometimes we explained our feelings. Sometimes we did not. Right. Um, and then sometimes we let you go. Uh, after, I only went to yeah. one by accident. <laughs> and I called Dad. Once I saw a keg, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a party. <laughs> I was trapped. <laughs> Little did I know he was just waiting down the road. Yes. I did not know this, y'all, yes. until I was, what, 24? Probably. I was, <laughs> Probably a, I was a young adult in the real world. Mm-hmm. Post. So I accidentally went to a party in high school. I never went and partied because, like you said. Well, we had I, plenty of other things that kept y'all entertained. Well, and f- I had games two nights mm-hmm. a week for high school, and then I had club stuff, and so busy mm-hmm. and then I remember we got to go to the movies a lot so well played on y'all's part but there was one time where I went to hang out with some friends and at a house that I had been to before and when I walked in there was a keg I'm like oh my gosh is that a keg <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it looks like in real life I'm so sheltered <laughs> and so then I was like I'm I just I gotta let me call my dad <laughs> So I called him, and he was like, okay, I'll be there in about 10 minutes, because the house was about 10 minutes away, and now, knowing... Then he, he waited. Was, he was down the road, waiting for me, because he knew where the party was. He was keeping an eye knew, on the house. He knew what it was, and uh-huh. I didn't, so he picked me up, and then we went to Jack in the Box, and got some tacos, and went home and watched a movie. And life was good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, as parents, you have to say no a lot of times, and I know you've heard... Um, say yes as much as you can because the no's have to be um, for good reasons. Right. And um, we really did um, monitor where our kids went and who they hung out with, but we um, always provided or tried to provide a better opportunity for them. So, hey, why don't you bring all your friends to our house instead? Or, mm-hmm. hey, let's, uh, we hung out um, with family a lot, but you had cousins all the same age and um, y'all had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. But, we also had church activities, uh, yeah. which kept you off the streets. I, I feel like I was busy every night of the <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, we were. We were. Again, well played on. And you were. You part. just you make sure as a parent you provide a better opportunity than the bad one they think they want. Right. Um, uh, another love and logic thing I was going to say is when you're saying yes, so if your answer is really no, like can I have a cookie? Yes, after you eat all of your dinner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> so anytime just, you can be positive and switch it. Uh-huh. Yes. It, power yes. positive thinking. Yes. Another great book. Definitely mm-hmm. get your hands on it. Uh, law of design. So to maximize your growth, you need to develop strategies. So this is all about creating systems, putting systems in place, routine. Again, you mentioned daily mm-hmm. discipline earlier. So how did you not necessarily create a life plan for us, but how did you help us develop routines that worked for us specifically. Wow. I mean, as a a little kid, the routine, or as children, young children, the routine, um, of course, picking up the house was was kind of a thing. 
Um, but everything had its place. So when we picked up, it was easy. You knew these things went in this bucket and that went in this closet. Um, so the design of how you live um, in your home is huge um, because that's what sets the stage for the next activity or whatever. But for life, um, we talked future a lot. We talked college. We talked, you know, getting married. We talked about your futures, getting jobs, interviewing, talking to people. Um, that's That may not be what you're looking for with design or what you mean. Uh, well, um, those are all good things to say. Um, so what, so again, thinking about when we were younger, what are some routines that we had? Like, was there a morning routine that... Definitely. I mean, yes. Because I know both of y'all were working. Mm -hmm. Y'all are both principals, so y'all were probably the first there and the last to leave. What did you do with your tiny humans? When y'all were little, we were not in administration. We were teachers, though. Um, So definitely you had to be at work early. Um, We definitely had morning routines. And really it was what worked for me and Dad. Like, I I got up before everybody and tried to get mostly ready. And then he would get up and take care of y'all while I finished getting ready. Like he, I would get the breakfast and then he would, while y'all finished breakfast and kind of had some calm time, he would calm down time. He would watch TV with y'all. Um, the routines were the same every day, pretty much. Um, Saturdays were awesome. We got to sleep in and wake up when we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, Sundays we got up and went to church. But the school day routine um, was the same every day. I remember your dad one time actually had to take y'all to the babysitter because he didn't usually do that and ended up getting stopped by a policeman in the school zone because he'd never been, he never <laughs> um, school had zone. driven that way before or was always at work way before the school zones. Um, so that was a day the routine was off and it was your dad that got <laughs> paid a price. <laughs> yes, but the police officer was so kind. He was like, okay, man, <laughs> it's a school zone, slow down. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Routines, uh, routines again, and that schedule just helps your kids start off right. If you get your kids somewhere on time, they have a better uh, chance of fitting in and being prepared for the next thing. One, Um, arriving early also leaves room for error in case. Yes, in case you've forgotten something. um, We always felt like it was important for the kids, for you guys to be, to practice early, um, church early, wherever we were going. Earlier on time, at least, but on time meant for athletic league athletes. Right, if you're well you're on, before the game. On time, if you're on time, you're late. Mm-hmm. Because when yes, when you're late, you're stressed and you forget things and you. Um, yeah. It's hard to get into the game and do right. your best, or your schoolwork and do your best, or whatever your job. When you're late and stressed, um, with routine, having everything set out and ready, these are things you know. But I guess as we're talking about it. We've lived it, and it's it's important to make the decision to do these things. And I think a lot of it is trial and error also. And there are different ages and mm-hmm. seasons, and newborns throw everything off. Yes, they and do. <laughs> growth spurts throw everything off, mm-hmm. So, or a surgery, or what is, sometimes you just have to totally redo a system for that season. Mm-hmm. So again, but you, you know, right. But you raise, you know, that is an unusual situation. So you raise your kids up to be flexible. <laughs> and that's, mm-hmm. to do that is just like you were saying earlier. You've got to talk them through situations. This is what should happen. But if it doesn't, we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I think that's just it. We're going to be okay. Right. The law of pain. So good management of bad experiences leads to great growth. So 
Law of pain, let's talk about that. So it can be anything from conflict resolution or things you can't avoid. How did you help us grow through pain? I know, so someone out there has a 12-year-old daughter whose boyfriend just broke up with her and it is the end of the world. Everything's on fire. How do you, how? And for that 12-year-old girl or whoever, it, it is. is the end of the world. And I, you can't... That uh, minimize is, that. Yeah, that is the worst pain mm-hmm. she's experienced. Mm-hmm. So she's in new territory. Mm-hmm. And I think we overlook that. Like, oh, there will be other guys. Yeah. You, That's the last thing they need to hear, probably. Yes, that yes. or I told you so. Please don't ever say that to your kids. <laughs> you can't minimize the pain um, or the frustration from the mistakes. You, you live it with them. Um, you hurt with them. You cry with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sit with them. Um, you talk them through it when they're ready. You know, both my kids uh, needed some time to themselves before they were ready to talk. Uh, and sometimes that meant sitting in the car with a milkshake or mm-hmm. um, a bowl of ice cream or watching infomercials on TV. Yeah, until, that's me and Dad uh-huh, Until they were ready to talk. But pain is pain. And it's their perspective. And you, you can't, you have to acknowledge um, the hurt. Well, and I think as you get older, you experience different types of pains, and then you can have a little bit more perspective. But from the lens of a 12-year-old or from the lens of a 5-year-old, someone eating my ice cream sandwich is the worst mm-hmm. thing. I've it been is. I've betrayed. Mm-hmm. Someone has stolen from me and betrayed me by eating it. It's terrible. So. <laughs> Did that happen to you? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I've repressed it. It's I wonder if I ate that. <laughs> I, I think that's just, yeah, I might have. I've uh, got some downstairs if you need them. Perfect. <laughs> you knew. You just know me so well. So even like little things, like with soccer, for example, I remember like, I, I love to win, but I hate, hate, hate to lose. That's just my competitive nature. So mm, It comes from um, both a mom and dad who are competitive. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, for example, someone who hates to lose after a game set the scene. How do you... What do you do? You didn't like to talk about it. You wanted to be left alone. Is that what what you're talking about? So I think um, acknowledging um, the fact that they need some quiet. And a lot of times we rode home in silent car. Um, I mean, it took us a little bit to figure that out. I was trying to, you know, I would. I started by, you did great, you, you know, all that positive, and that's not what either of my kids needed to hear well, and, after a loss. And I think because I knew I was always going to do my best. To help my team. and uh, yeah. So me saying I did a good job, I know I did my best. So that's not the issue. The issue is that we lost. Okay, so with your brother, <laughs> it was different. You're just mad about losing. He was mad about not doing his, you know, like he could have done something better, he thinks. Even though, you know, he put 100% into everything. Yes, inner critic is it. So. Like, so one. Um, yeah. It happens. Aren't you a one? I'm a one. <laughs> Aren't I a one? You're a one, too. This will be interesting when we do the Enneagram. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, there again, it's just being sensitive to your kids and watching their reaction. And what's mm-hmm. interesting, so I remember specifically walking off different fields as a younger player in middle school, high school, club. And it didn't and, change when you were coaching. Well, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but I remember the shift in college where there was only a certain window in time where I could actually talk to you guys Mm -hmm. before we had to get on the bus and go do Mm -hmm. our next thing on the itinerary. So we had to 
hustle off the field into the showers. You have five minutes to talk to your parents. So how did I want to spend those five minutes not being mad? So I had to figure out how to handle it better and for that chunk of time not be mad and then get back on the bus and be mad. So, and like you said, coaching. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't change when you lost a game coaching. And what was really hard was telling the players, like, listen, you will go to the stands. You will thank them for coming. And you can be mad on the bus, but from here, walking to the bus, you need to thank every single person who came. You need to smile. You need to say thanks. Yes, it hurts. You can be mad on the bus, but you will not be rude. That's what made you such a great coach. Um, Because you experienced it, and you, you knew exactly what they were feeling, and yet you helped them know how to... Deal with it. It's disrespectful. Yes. If someone came, y'all know, soccer in Texas, you play in high school, you play in the winter, so you have like five fans. Mm -hmm. So are you going to be mad and walk by them and not even thank them for coming? We don't even get fans, (laughs) y'all. Say thanks. Those are life skills you're teaching them. And obviously we did a good job teaching you life skills because you self-monitored in college when you lost and Uh, spent valuable time with us. uh, Um, But as parents, you, you just have to let, like we let you handle that five minutes the way you wanted to handle it. Um, we were just glad to see you. Um, but, you know, you, as a parent, a lot of it is just kicking back and letting the child, when they're older, mm-hmm. um, the high school and college kids, letting them kind of lead you in what they need. Right. And, and I, again, being sensitive to it and being yes, aware of it. Knowing your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something we're trying to do with our kids right now. So sometimes our, our kids right now are three, two, and Seven, seven months, months. Mm-hmm. so you can i'll say it again three two and seven months Woo, it's exhausting I, i'll I, say it again too as the grandmother <laughs> who has to watch them sometimes. three two and seven months you do a great job Gigi. <laughs> they're awesome um, so we're trying to give our kids the words or sometimes you know the the two-year-old who can't even talk they're so upset they're just crying and they don't know how to verbalize it, and they don't know what to do. So we say things like, do you need a minute on the stairs or in the corner, whatever you're picking? Do you need a minute over there? Do you need a hug? That's th- that's the usual two options, because mm-hmm. more than that's going to start kind of mm-hmm. overloading their brain already. So we say, do you need a minute on the stairs, or do you need a hug? And sometimes they'll just nod and then fall into your arms, and that's just so precious. And you're just like, oh, they just needed a mom hug. Okay. I tell you, it's amazing watching you guys with that, because... If their kids are, you know, a little unhappy about something, they will tell them. You know, they ask, do you need a minute or need a hug? And if they need a minute, they go stand against the wall, and they stand there until they're ready to talk. And they, Brooke and her husband always say, are you ready to talk now? And we would be silly to think that we don't need the same thing. Yeah. Because sometimes you do just need a hug. Sometimes you want to punch someone in the face, but you can't, so you need to go to the corner. <laughs> and you need a minute. <laughs> You need a minute don't to punch the wall. Down. Yeah, don't do that either, unless you know she. Because remember, guy. you're modeling that for your kids. That's true. <laughs> so if you're going to punch a wall, make sure they're not looking. That's Have right. them face the corner while you punch the other. <laughs> so don't really do that. Um, so, well, that was fun. Love yeah, pain. Yeah, what was that law? <laughs> Love pain. And, you know, another big thing is mistakes. I guess is that part of pain is when we make yes. mistakes. Yeah, um, especially to certain personality types, yeah. mistakes are awful they are but um what we're learning is to say things like mistakes just mean you're trying yeah um and now you you know you just keep trying and mistakes are how we learn 
Um, now, if you do the same thing, and we would, you know, if you keep doing it, then there's a problem. Right. Um, but Don't learn the from same that. same thing you just did. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. You want to hear right. what some other people have tried? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love and logic. There you go. As silly as that book can be sometimes. It works. Like, this is not practical. But if you do it right, it is It practical. is. It works. Practical. Mm-hmm. All right. Law of the ladder. So this just talks about the rungs in your ladder are characteristics. So if you... How do you develop character in your kids? So I know that as Christians, we want to be the fruits of the Spirit. So you can't just say, okay, kid, be patient. Hey, two-year-old, be patient. Mm-hmm. Just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Be awesome. So, you right? want me so, to respond to yes, that? Please, how did you how? <laughs> you know, I will tell you probably one of the um, most important ways is modeling that and living a life of integrity and talking talking through things. I cannot uh, stress how important it is just to talk about things. But you know your kids are watching you um, pretty much every moment. Uh, Brooke's kids have some of the funniest lines um, and some uh, say some of the funniest things because they've heard their mom or dad say it, and they usually use it in context, yeah. which is hilarious when a three- or two-year-old says it. Yeah, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Just a good, Yeah, it's a good way to put it. But <laughs> they, they're watching you. Um, a recent example, I guess, what were you drinking? Was, uh, without the lid. Sloan wanted... Oh, uh, yes. Is Sloan, that what you're talking my about? My three-year-old was drinking without a lid. So you tell the rest of the story. because So were. the two-year-old wanted to drink without a lid. And, you know, there's still a big difference in a three- and two-year-old when it comes to coordination with a cup. Um, and so Sloan, she stayed at the table, but she did very well without her lid. But the two-year-old scout did not want a lid because his sister did not have a lid. And for lack of any better... Excuse the reason I said you have to have a lid to your three or not until your three. And she said, Well, I'm 21, just as plain <laughs> as day. This two year old, well, I'm 21. And I'm like, I don't know where she heard uh-huh. that. So, Probably when mommy was drinking her grape juice. Oh, you and, think? And they needed a grape juice, so they got their little honest company or their honest mm-hmm. kids. Uh, great juice. juice, and mom got her mm-hmm. great juice. You must have said something about being 21. They want to try my grape juice, and I said, not till you're 21. Which is hilarious, but what a great transfer for a two-year-old. That was very impressive on, on that note. Way to go, um, Snow. Very impressive, but <laughs> she, she, we tried an open cup tonight, and she spilled it, so clearly she's <laughs> She's not 21. She's, <laughs> she's not ready for that. Um, you know, the building character, um, you, it's as simple as when you're watching a movie with your kids or reading a book. And talking about the good characters or the bad characters or was this the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, there are so many opportunities to talk about the right thing or the wrong thing. And you've, you've got to take those opportunities. You've yeah. got to watch for those opportunities. I want to piggyback off of that idea. So your kids are already watching Disney movies or they're already watching whatever it mm-hmm. is. And typically there's already a conflict built in. Kristen Bell, the one who plays Princess Anna mm-hmm. and among other things, she's awesome. She, I read an article how she talks about Snow White with her kids and how basically it's why you don't take food from strangers Uh to sum Mm -hmm. it up. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I took that little nugget of wisdom and now we talk about that all the time. Just, and and now they'll say it like, we don't take food from, from strangers. We don't take food from people we can't trust. You're right. Don't ever do that. That's what I love about your parenting. Um, it, it is, it's taking advantage of every opportunity um, especially when your kids are young. If you're not teaching them when they're young, um, they're not going to listen when they're older. They, When they're older, older, they might listen. Circle um, back. <laughs> but at, there are so many opportunities in the everyday, at the grocery store, um, 
you'll see things happen, and it's a great time to talk about how someone acted or reacted or treated someone else. Right. Um, the other thing we made sure you guys had other adults in your lives who were quality adults with great integrity, great moral characteristics, um, and you knew you could go to those people. We set up, you know, to where you had other people you could call or talk to if you didn't want to talk to us. Yes. I didn't feel like you could call us. There's something about, and I know because it happens, to, it happens in coaching, it happens in teaching. They can hear it from you all day long, but, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stick in their brain. The second they hear it from someone else they admire, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know what I learned today? I'm like, Are you kidding me? That I've been teaching that all six weeks. <laughs> it's a little frustrating as a parent, but hey, if your what? kid gets the lesson, what? that's what matters. She doesn't teach me anything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but there were aunts and uncles they knew they could call, and there were adults um, in church that they knew they could talk to, and they were people we trusted, so we... Um, you know, we encouraged that relationship and friendship with those adults so that our kids were comfortable with them. Right. The law of the rubber band. So growth stops when you lose tension between where you are and where you could be. So this one is all about getting out of your comfort zone. So I know that's hard for us to do just even as adults, and we have to force ourselves, and we know it's happening. Hey, here's my wall. I don't want to get out of my bubble. And then you have to just make yourself. So... What did you do with your kids? Did you just shove us out of our comfort zones? Did you drag us? You had some, we made sure there was support in place. But I think about camp when you were young, sending you to preteen camp or, you know, those elementary years. The first time you're, you're going to spend the night away or in the bunk, you know, room with the other kids. That was scary for y'all. It was scary for me as a kid. Scary for me as a parent to send y'all. Um, but there again, we made sure we knew the adults that were going or we went along and either stayed in the background or um, somehow had support systems in place for when y'all had to step out and do something. But we made you step out and do some things. Um, I, as a teenager, you know, you took drum lessons for a while mm-hmm. um, and did not want to play publicly. No, I hated it. And you were very nervous about that. And the, the youth band needed you to do that at one point. Yeah. And it's just like, you got this, Brooke. You can do this. You've been practicing. Just just do it. Once you do it, you'll feel better. Now you did it. I don't know that you ever felt better wanting to do it again. But um, there again, you got to encourage and praise kids. They've got to have some confidence um, or they're never going to step out. Or at least they know someone's going to catch them on the other yes, side. Yes, that's a good way to like, put it. Even if you fail, I'm still going to love you unconditionally. Still going to love you, you, yes. You can't do that's going to not let me love mm-hmm. you. I mean, all, all of those truths mm-hmm. can go in, on repeat in your kid's head. So if you say it enough, it will stick in there. Um, another point with camps and stuff. So if your kid is going off to a camp in the summer practice beforehand if you haven't had them stay the night away with someone else maybe that's a good time to try it so Mm -hmm. even if you're going to play in a band in front of people and you have performance anxiety or whatever then practice in front of a smaller group that is going to just tell you you rock that's right that's good that's that's those are excellent examples and you it's it's almost like a rubber band you can't just overextend it it'll snap it, mm-hmm. it has to stretch it slowly huh? yes yeah it'll and as a rubber band stretches it gets more comfortable being at that width so and there's nothing wrong with talking about that with your kids I know this is hard but you're gonna have mm-hmm. to stretch and grow like a rubber band I mean yes just talk them through it 
Come like it is. And I think it's also good to model that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, mom's uncomfortable, too, but you know what? It's the right thing to do, and we need to do mm-hmm. this, and this is important to grow. And it, it goes back it? to self-talk with you. That's true. Something recently, um, maybe in Blake's family, they were going to all try to do something um, that was hard for them, learn something new. Um, the kids and the adults, they had talked about, we're going to all step out and do something new and that is hard for us. Cool and idea. I need to check up on that and see yeah. how they've done with what that. But pick? as a family, they talked about that. <laughs> like each um, kid was going to do And the adults. Well, but everyone was going to do something different? Or yes, they were all no. Gonna... It was going to be what is hard for you or what is something you've wanted to do, you're scared to do. Ooh. Um, you know, what, I mean, it, they each individually were going to, they picked something. I wish I could remember what they were. Yeah, that's um, that's but it was, a, I thought it was a great idea because they're all going to be stretched together and can talk yes. about how it feels and yes. the practice that it takes. And right. um, they're all in the same boat. I loved that. Yeah, that is a great idea. We do need to follow up. Uh-huh. Hey, call him, call yeah. on that. We can call him <laughs> bring him in. <laughs> Listen, brother. All right, so the law of trade-offs. So there are some things that you have to, turn down or accept in exchange for other things. Mm -hmm. So even if it's, how did you walk us through choosing certain paths? Like if to play soccer in college or not, or to take, I know, for example, I did not want to take AP math in high school because I didn't like it and I didn't want to have to do proofs. And I didn't want to take the time to do it because I was going to be at soccer practice. Those are all important (laughs) reasons not to take high math class. So, Ah, I was a grade level ahead. Does that matter? Um, but how did we go about doing that? If even even if it's a small choice or a big choice, how do we set up those trade offs? How do we look at them and pick what's the right thing to do? You know, I mean, it's hard because kids are so individual, and what you your lives were. I mean, you know, your lives are so individual. And I think um, talking about your future, where do you want to be, and is this going to help or hurt? Um, is this decision to do it or not do it going to help or hurt? Pros and cons. Right. I mean, list. You wrote lots of lists. Oh, yeah. Um, pros and cons. Pro con queen. Mm-hmm. I do that for everything. And yeah, I think that's huge. And I think your kids see you doing that. Um, but with college, you know, you. We had a hard time deciding for you, and you did, because it was yeah. like, you know, I don't, do I want to play soccer? I don't know. But then when you made a decision to go on to a college with a friend, it, you just knew it wasn't right, or right. it didn't feel yeah. right, and you ended up having to back out of it. Not back out of it, but you had a soccer offer. And you're like, this is what I want. Right. And sometimes you don't know until you choose mm-hmm. the other thing. Right. I could, um, so the trade-off was I could go to a college that a lot of people I knew were going to. It was going to be comfortable. Uh, and mm-hmm. Who knows how that could have gone. Mm-hmm. Or go to this college that I don't know anybody. It's going to challenge me academically in ways that... And socially have, and yes, every way yeah, possible. I have zero friends here. <laughs> I'm going to go play college soccer. That's going to be challenging. Plus the academic rigor of our mm-hmm. school was nuts. So... Mm-hmm. All those things and all that to say, I'm so glad I made that choice. Yes, you, you made the right choice, but all of that, it was waiting. You, you can't choose quickly sometimes. And we yeah. spent a, you know, it was hard. You know, every, your brother knew exactly where he was going to go and never doubted it. And we, we so wanted the right thing for you. And we right. were all, you know, we had to think through and plan and what do you want? What's your heart telling you? And 
when the decision was made, it was like, this is it. Why was this so hard to decide? So one of the things we did to help with this decision, so there were multiple places to once we decided, yes, soccer, Mm -hmm. let's do that. Mm -hmm. There were a few places we needed to look at Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out which place was going to be. So if it rained, (laughs) Sam, where you're going with this? All this comes down to stupid prayer plus fasting. Let me tell you what the stupid prayer is. It's, hey, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so you're going to have to show me this big sign that says, here you are, and you're going to have to smack me in the face with it so I know that's the right decision Mm -hmm. because I don't know what to do because all of these places look good and I don't know what to do. And then, uh, so ironically, not ironically, (laughs) this is exactly part of the plan. This is Uh, God's providence. (laughs) So of all the places we visited, it rained at every single one of them, downpour, except for the place. And these were all colleges that wanted you to come play (laughs) soccer for them. And it rained everywhere except for it was the last college we visited, mm-hmm. and we had our umbrella ready because uh-huh. it, was, it was cloudy, it had rained on us for all these other visits, and it didn't rain. And that was just... Like, I'm going to this college. <laughs> that was, well, that was easy. <laughs> Thanks for the stupid prayer. Yeah. And then I get, we either fasted before the trip, was it before? I don't it might have been that day, like... And it was us four, so yeah. mom, dad, brother, sister, we fasted for 24 hours, so we met for dinner, and we talked about why we're praying, why we're fasting, why we're what this is a this is a big deal, because this is going to drastically alter my future. Mm-hmm. It was so a big deal. We fasted for twenty four hours. We met at IHOP, right at midnight, so we could eat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we met back at IHOP and came down to that's the right decision. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, and I think I mean I think certainly God honors that when you yeah. when you. Um, give that effort, but it was the perfect decision for you, um, and it was awesome. But what was this um, trade-offs. law trade-offs? Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be trade-offs. You have to prioritize things um, every day. Sleep versus mm-hmm. clean the house. <laughs> and you know, successful people get up and get busy. Um, they take care of business. They have those routines. They have that consistency. They have daily disciplines, um, and it's important to instill that when your kids are young. Um, yeah. So that as they, you know, all of us, um, it, those are important things to do. So something we do at our house is when you wake up, you get dressed. I know there are some days where you just want to, I want to stay in my sweats all day. and da, da, da. Well, well, snow days are change, good for that. Change into your nicer sweats then, right? <laughs> That's why you have your nice leggings. You have your everyday wear. You have your night out leggings. You have your sleep leggings. I mean, there's all these different kinds, so... There's that. Yeah, that's but good. But we wake up, get dressed. Wake up and get dressed. So there's some times where, obviously, little kids don't want to wake up and get dressed. They want to wake up and eat the donut. Yeah. Or drink the milk. That's what I like to do. So. <laughs> they're, they're, and you're okay? all going to have, it really, so do I need to change that? You're all going to have different different things that are important to your family, and that's okay. I mean, don't fall in that right. comparison trap right. that yours my family has to be just like and, yours. Yeah. Wake up and cuddle mm-hmm. on the couch as a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wake up and... Because your kids may need that. So right. you decide what your family needs, but then be consistent with it. And um, the unconditional love is huge. Um, they need to know, even as adults, that no matter what happens, my mom's going to love me, my dad's going to love me. Right. The law of curiosity. So this chapter is all about creativity, stimulating the mind like that. Um, so how how do we become curious kids? Well, let me rephrase. Every three-year-old asks why mm-hmm. at the end of everything you ever have to say. So what? why do we snuff that out as 
Because we're exhausted. So what can we do to kind of counteract that? Because they're not going to always want to talk to you. No. You know, that's where um, where you just have to suck it up and answer their questions or not. With Brooke and Blake, you know, there again, we were in the car a lot, driving back and forth to work or back and forth to whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, We trapped you and you trapped us. (laughs) Yes. However, which was an awesome thing when we did long summer vacations driving my family was contained in one car, and they were all mine. Um, you read to us. But I did. Um, but we encouraged the question. I just encouraged the questions um, with more questions, or why do you, you know? Why do you want to know that? That curiosity is so important, even as adults. And it, we don't want to squelch that in kids. Um, let's look it up. I don't know. Let's find out. Why do you want to know that? Um, but with curiosity, curiosity and imagination kind of go together, I think. Um, and we did a lot to build our kids' imagination. Um, and Brooke's amazing with her kids now, um, making up stories and telling stories. I mean, their minds are so full of so many amazing stories because that's what they do in the car. Um, so when you encourage imagination and encourage curiosity, um, you're going to encourage ideas that can change the world. Or even if you, so the why, to combat the why, I know I've said it before, you can ask them why what, and if they don't know what they're talking about, then Your kids do say why a lot. (laughs) I know, I know, it's because I'm creating curiosity in my children, (laughs) right? That's right. Like this growth book says to do. That's right. But something you mentioned that I didn't know that you did for us is if we had a question like, what's that? You would say, well, what do you think it does? Mm Mm-hmm. Which, that is a game changer, because now it's back on me, balls in my court. I have to answer this question before my mom gives me the answer. Mm-hmm. So, what's that thing? I don't know. What do, you, what do you think it does? Well, it's just as hard to come up with that question for your kid <laughs> as it is. You know, it's, it's harder to come up with the question than it is just to answer it for them. Um, but they're not growing if you're just giving them answers all the time. Yeah, and um, that goes back to their thinkers broken. Mm-hmm. They can't think mm-hmm. for themselves or reflect or do any of these things we're talking about if... You're not letting them be curious and mm-hmm. cultivating that intentionally. Look, all these chapters tying together. Marvelous. Law of modeling. You've already talked oh, about this man, a whole that's lot. Huge. So uh, what about... But on that note, modeling curiosity and questioning is good. Because yeah, so... a lot of times when we'd be driving along, I'd say, what is that? <laughs> you know, so you've got to model that curiosity <laughs> <That's true>. also. <laughs> I can ask my kids why. That's right. I just keep saying why. That's, that's right. how it works, right? So mm-hmm. with modeling, so let's say we're trying to find a good mentor for our kid or even good peers for our kids. So how should we go about doing that? Or how did you guys go about finding those people? Um, mostly, we had them in our home. Um, when you guys met new people, we usually asked to meet the mom um, or we had you invite those people over. Why not the dad? Um, well, the dads usually were working. A lot of times it was summers during the day. Okay. Um, it, so usually, and you had a lot of teacher friends. Is this why you're? Yeah. Or? Well, probably. Um, but it was the, the mom was usually just more accessible, and we wanted to meet someone in the family. The dad would work gotcha. also. That's a good question. You're asking me why? Why? <laughs> you're asking questions. Cultivating curiosity. Um, but there again, we opened our home and encouraged them to bring people to our house, so we could get to know them. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you go about finding good either peers for okay. us or 
role models for So us. peers, that's when we would encourage you. Why don't you invite that one back over? Why don't you invite so-and-so back over? I can remember the kids wanting to invite someone over, and I would say, why don't you bring so-and-so instead? Yeah. And um, that's where we would encourage those friendships. Um, or with the moms, I, there again, you have to think about what fa- what families you're going to allow your children to go into their homes. So you have to know those families too. Um, the adult role models were mostly family or church, um, Sunday school teachers, um, youth group workers, people we knew. Um, but we couldn't trust you with people until we knew who they were. So what about specific stuff if I needed a coach? So how did you go about finding... Or doctors. I'm thinking about doctors. I asked around. Um, you do a lot of asking around. Ask um, your peers who they use. Um, ask coaches at school who's a good little league or who's a good private coach. Um, you've got to ask around and get some feedback. And then you, you need to be there until you are comfortable with your kid mm-hmm. being with that adult. And there again, we had the adults over to our house a lot of times too, or um, we would host the party, or we would be at the party, whether it was a church party or whatever, so we could get to know the people. You have to be involved. You have to be involved. That's good stuff. Law of expansion. So growth always increases your capacity. So let's talk about growth mindset. So how, I know growth mindset, that phrase is trendy right Mm -hmm. now, but it's really just perseverance Mm -hmm. and pushing through well it's like we've talked about before if you're not growing you're dying right so something in your life yeah a little more it's not part of the solution it's part of the problem Mm -hmm. so if this thing isn't helping me go towards my goal if this isn't helping me grow as a better person then i need to and there should always be goals um there's always things to learn and do there is so much out there um no matter what age you are like we are retired now in Looking so forward to learning new things and doing new things. Right. Um, if God were done with you, he would have evaporated you from the planet. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But there again, you want to model that as an adult for your kids. There's nothing. I talked to a, a retired teacher the other day who's going back to college to get a whole different degree. And I'm just, that's amazing to me. Um, but your kids need to see you learning new things. They need to see you take a crochet class or a, mm-hmm. a tennis class or a piano class. Yeah, that's um, just back to getting out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone, too. Yes, um, or something you've always wanted to do. Um, and on top of that, just learning um, leadership still. You know, I was in a leadership position for so long, and I, when I retired, I thought there won't be any group of people I can influence now or have the opportunity to influence I'm like, I run into people every day, and I might, if I'm still growing and learning, I might have some words of wisdom to give them, right. even if it's in the grocery store line. Well, right, and you'd so. rather have that knowledge in your back pocket ready mm-hmm. to use. Mm-hmm. And it just makes life more exciting. Oh, you never you know where the adventure's going to lead to. I'm going to talk to in the express right. line. I know you're in a hurry. What should I study up on? <laughs> uh, uh, and the last chapter, chapter 15, the law of contribution. So the, I feel like this is one that people don't think about often enough. It's not in the forefront. It's more on the back burner, mm-hmm. all about giving. So talk a little bit about giving and how did you set up our hearts to be givers? Well, and there's so much more to giving. I, I guess automatically people think money, um, and especially if you're involved in a church, there's tithe and all that, and we raised you guys to know you tithe, you know, you give that first 10% back to God of whatever it is. Um, but there's so much more you can give 
than just money. Money's important in certain cases and situations, but time, um, effort, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, any um, intangible thing you mm-hmm. can you can give back to others. Encouragement. Encouragement. Skills, yes, sense. I know how to do yes. this. Let me show you how. Mm-hmm. Teaching someone something like that. Um, as kids, we always went to the mission at Christmas time, and um, so you had an opportunity to see kids who did not have near what you had. And um, one of the things we did early on, y'all had to pick out a toy to take and then watch for a kid to come through the line that you wanted to give that toy to. So we taught you early there about giving what you have. Um, Well, and I I think the underlying part of that is intentional giving. Like, not only did we just give a toy and just mm -hmm. throw it in the pile, like, you had us look for a specific kid. That you thought would enjoy that specific toy. So, again, it's not just the fact of giving, it's what is the bigger purpose here Mm -hmm. other than I'm giving because I'm supposed to. No, I'm giving so that someone that I that I can see will enjoy this intentional giving right right and on top of that just there's so much more to give than money um giving that time to certain things um to certain people in need you said something at the very beginning of that that contribution um it made me think about something Maybe we'll, Someday maybe we'll it'll back come back to we'll me. We'll just have to have you back. Well, yeah, that's it. That I'll say something good for <laughs> for next time. So um, with giving, it's not just money. Did you think of it yet? I did. Okay. Did my expression let you know? Yes, Wait, now I've lost it now. Um, I've been doing a lot of readings about dreams. dream Like, not sleep dreams, but dreaming big. Big goals. Big dreams. Um, big hopes for the future, and um, I've kind of followed a series of books that have talked about dreaming big, and toward the end, um, he talked about if you're not dream, if you're dreaming big, it should involve how it can help others, so your dreams, your goals, that's where the contribution part comes in, your dreams and goals should involve people in some way, um, supporting, helping, encouraging, just including, even including people, in things right, that's Mark um, Anderson. Mm-hmm. Good yes. stuff. Uh, that's just going back to. I don't remember what I was going to say. I know I missed you. I was Jeff, too busy sorry. about Mark Batterson. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But again, the attitude of gratitude. So mm-hmm. not only just giving, but whenever you're receiving. So how? Tell us a little bit about how you helped us be thankful people. Yeah, that's harder a lot of times. Um, but as a parent, you've got to point it out. To begin with, kids don't realize when they should be thankful. That was so nice. Um, they let you borrow yeah. their pen. Yes, wow. I mean, they see they're taken for granted or they don't realize that's not what the world is really like. Um, so there was a lot of, hey, wasn't that cool that she did this for you? Or, hey, you need to, you should do that for someone else. Or be sure and thank them. Y'all are great, too, Brooke, about having your kids um, thank us. Thank you for coming to my game. Thank you for buying my dinner. Thank you for letting me come over. Um it's that is just has to be a part of you, you know, all the time. You have to remind them and tell them why because they don't know what they're supposed to be thankful for when they're little, and then sometimes you have to remind them when they're older. So, the other night, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, we were praying before dinner, and so right now the girls want everyone to pray. So Morgan will say a prayer and thanks for this food and da da da, and then I'll pray. 
They got to Sloan. Thank you for our princesses and our Play-Doh. <laughs> Hey, and that's no. what's important to her. I, I, how can I be mad at that? No, you can't. Right. She is thanking God for something that's and, important to her. I, well, and I'm the person. And someday like, she might thank well, him for his her mom, or <laughs> you know, days, one of these days. Uh, but has she I'm said not, thank you for Gigi yet? I'm sure she okay. has. Every night she <laughs> okay. says that, right? But I'm that person who's thankful for getting through the green light. Mm -hmm. Thanks, God, for letting me get through the green light. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are like, wow, that's really lame. You know what? You're lame. So (laughs) let me be thankful. You know, I took my mom out for Mother's Day lunch the other day, and I didn't bother to make a reservation or anything like that. And we were going to a fancy place. And um, we walked in. I'm like, you know, two, please. Thought it'd be no big deal. And the lady said, do you have a reservation? I'm like, no, ma'am. No, it's the middle of the day. (laughs) I mean, and it's like a Friday. And it's, you know, hey, it's just two of us, you know. But she was like, oh, we have been booked solid. You know, it is right before Mother's Day. I'm like, that's why we're here, because it's right before Mother's Day. And um, she said, but we just had a cancellation just now. And so my mom and I laughed the whole time and thanked God for the cancellation that came, and we were the first people to step in and needed that cancellation. Cancelization. Yeah. Is that a word? Sure. Okay. We were thankful that it was canceled right when we walked in. And had it. And I there again, model that for kids. You know, just, man, I'm so thankful that that reservation was canceled so we could eat. Modeling that for kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that she was thankful for her Play-Doh. Because that's <laughs> what's important to her. And Play-Doh rocks. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. So, that sums up our 15 chapters on the 15 laws of invaluable Those growth. Those are awesome laws. Yes. Yes, I agree. So... Again, uh, we have Farron's mom interviewed, you interviewed. We're going to try to get some of our coaches to interview, too. We'll see if that happens. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about